Hey, hey, everybody. Hey. hey, Dwayne. What's going on, Randy? I am excited. I am a little bit fearful. I'm just a little bit perturbed what's going on in the media. You know, tonight's call is really important, man. And, and, you know, I didn't want to start off the call laughing because this is a serious call. But we've got to have some fun, right? I, are we, what, are we, what are we talking about? Because what's I don't I don't understand what's going on. I'm I'm home, so I don't know what's going on outside. <laughs> Yo, everybody's home, Dwayne. That's the whole point. <laughs> if you're but, not home, get home. This is gonna end up being a new norm. If you, if you think about it, I mean I mean we're just missing some uh, video here, and it's gonna be the new norm. We'll be babysitting. We'll be working from home. I, I think this is the new norm to expect. Absolutely, Ricky. Absolutely. So I'm just going to start off this call by saying I'm really grateful to have the people on the line. You've got your host, Wayne Brown and Randy Ramden here for another podcast, A Pool of Wealth. And we have a town hall. The town hall conversation is we've got three other powerhouse business people, life changers, action takers, money makers on this call tonight. We've got Junior Shrantharan, we've got Ricky Lawton, and we've got Ryan Henry joining us. And the point of our conversation tonight is, how do we thrive in this time of challenge? As we know, over the last three weeks, the world's market has completely been flipped, over, flipped around. Coronavirus, COVID-19 has changed the way we do business, and it's completely flipped things around. And I don't know if it will ever get back to where it was. So... Everybody, tonight we're going to talk about how we're going to thrive in this. I don't want to talk about in terms of all the negative media, the negative media hype. I want to talk about how we can win in this environment because there's been a lot of big changes. I don't know about how, how so you Randy, all are actually seeing things. So, Randy, before yeah, we, really, we really get into it, I was, uh, I was talking to one of my mentors and um, what he said rang true for me. And that's what's happening now is history. And... In history, there's always winners and there's always losers. So what you want to do is, is be aware of all the people that are complaining and, and focusing on all the negative. And then you got to work to look at the other side. Because in any economy, in any situation, even in recession, somebody's winning. So you need to latch on to the behaviors, the attitudes, and the activities that those who are positioned to win so that you can be part of that winning process. And this town hall has a bunch of winners. And I want to get right into the introduction of these three amazing gentlemen that we have on the line. I want to first introduce, firstly, Ricky Loughton. Uh, Ricky, I've known for many years. Ricky, can you introduce yourself to everyone that's on this call? Tell us who you are, what you're all about, and then we can get into our next guest. Go ahead. Sure. Thanks, Randy. Yeah, as Randy reiterated, um, we know each other for 20 years, and um, I, I'm really grateful that he uh, uh, invited me to this call. Uh, just a bit about me: uh, I've been uh, in real estate about 20 years, a 20-year career, uh, 10 years spent in Ontario, and then uh, another 10 in uh, Florida. And uh, I, I run a brokerage called Cross Border Realty and Management out of. Uh, uh, West Palm Beach, Florida, and uh, my primary focus is uh, there's times like now where there's a lot of opportunities when uh, prices are falling and uh, Canadians may want to diversify uh, their portfolio and uh, spread their wings into the U.S. Florida market. 
Florida is my favorite space, man. I want the sun and fun. Fun. Is it all sun and fun, Ricky? Um, times like now, no, but uh, majority <laughs> of the time, yes. <laughs> not, I mean, not, not when you're getting uh, harassed to get on the beach. <laughs> yeah, man, I can imagine. I mean, all the snowbirds have just escaped up north. There's like, there's what, what, a couple hundred thousand or a million snowbirds in Florida right now that had to actually leave and come up to come, come back up to Canada. Oh yeah, about 1.5 million. Wow. Yep. So and, that's. And not to mention, it is March break also. Wow, this is this is changing a lot. So, Ricky, we're gonna get right back to you because we got a lot of conversations and a lot of opportunities here. I gotta switch it around. Like, what's the opportunity? I'm gonna access through. I'm gonna access throughout the call tonight. We gotta figure out enough of the complaints. Where's the opportunity? I'm gonna go to the next power heavy hitter in real estate we have on the line, Ryan Henry from RDH Roller Page. Ryan, introduce yourself, please, and let us know what you're up to. Okay, good stuff. Well, thanks, thanks uh, for having me as part of this, this podcast. Um, I am with the RDH Group at Royal Page Commercial, uh, focus on leasing investment, land and development uh, sites, and in, in sales and brokerage in, in the greater Toronto area, and, and based right downtown in Toronto. I've been in, in real estate for over 10 years, first as an investor and landlord in the Durham region, Pitt Green Ajax in Whitby area and in the brokerage business for the last uh, commercial brokerage business for the last seven years in, in, in Toronto. Fantastic, Ryan. And I just, I just, I just want to say I am honored to see you on this call and I've watched your career from an investor from many, many years ago till now. And you are a major heavy hitter in the commercial real estate market in Toronto. And I got to say, we are super, super proud of you. Keep it up. And I would love to hear your perspective on the commercial real estate market in Toronto, commercial investment opportunities, and how we can turn this around. Thank you very much for that intro. And finally, the third person on the phone I am honored to have on the line is Junior. Junior is a young up-and-comer. He is making things happen. Junior, introduce yourself, please, and let us know what you're up to. Up to. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. That was, a, that was a good intro for sure. Um, Dwayne and uh, Randy, I mean, thanks for having me on the call. Um, I mean, it's uh, definitely an honor. Uh, well, I mean, uh, I think we went over this um, before the recording as well. Um, I'm in the hospitality world, uh, food and beverage. Um, but I, what I do is I try to, I have my own venues, but I try to consult. I try to get other people. I help other people to uh, basically from A to Z. Um, if you're ever planning or dreaming of um, owning a bar or a restaurant, anything to do with food and uh, beverage, then I'm the guy that you come and speak to. I help you with the branding. I help you with the leasing. I help you with the funding. I, um, I help you with uh, uh, getting up in terms of construction and then also the operation side for the first couple of months. Um, so that's what I do. I'm not a heavy hitter like Ricky or Ryan here, but... Uh, <laughs> Um, you know, we're, we're trying over here. We're in Toronto beef. So. Hey, Junior, I've had a chance to get to know you over the last couple of years, and I, I've seen what you're up to. You're up to some really big things. You're being very humble. Uh, but I got to say, you're on this call because everyone on this call today are going places. And one of the things that we want to share with other people is, is if you get ideas here, we want you to see and execute and go out there and make things happen and change your family's lives and the people in your circles. We, are wanna, we wanna help our communities thrive in this time of difficulty and challenge. So I gotta tell you, what is happening in the stock market? What is happening in terms of productivity? 
food and beverage has got to be completely shot because no one is sitting in your restaurants. No one's buying from you. Offices are closed down. No one's going back to work. They're all at, at home. Like, how can we thrive in this environment right now? Ricky, you had mentioned that, you know, 1.5 million snowbirds are just cross the border back into Canada because our prime minister said you have to come back home. What are the opportunities right now that you can see out there right now in your particular industries? How can we as investors, how can we as wealth creators grapple with what's happening and over the next six to 12 months, flip the script like Dwayne says, and how do we get the win how we get on the winning side of this? Who wants to well, go first? So, so Randy, I mean, um, just uh, in, in the hospitality industry, um, what's happening is, I mean, it's, it's brutal, right? Where everyone's slaughtered, no one, no one can dine in, um, everyone's scared to go outside, and, and they should be, right? Um, if everyone can do this properly for a few weeks, then I think we'll be in a, a lot better shape. Um, but what we have to do now is, I think we have to change up and adapt to, the, to what's, what's happening. So how do we do that? For instance, today, um, AGCO, which is the, the governing body of, of alcohol and gaming, like so your liquor license, just said how you could start delivering. It's a temporary uh, uh, effort, but you could start delivering beer or, or cocktail, like pre-mixed cocktails. Well, obviously, it has to be um, packaged and it can't be open, but you could do that. So, I mean, that opens up a lot of opportunity for us uh, in terms of uh, takeout and deliveries. Like there's already a lot of platforms that do help, but they do take a big chunk. And now I've, I'm starting to notice that a lot of people are doing in-house deliveries, their own deliveries, free delivery. Um, all it takes is maybe one extra person with the car. And uh, that's, I think that's what's happening right now. But again, it's, it's nothing close to the whole pub or, or just a bar environment where you're also, you're not selling just the product or you're selling an atmosphere and you're selling an experience. So I don't think that could really be, um, matched or or replicated or even replaced but um, it is what it is right now right and uh we're just trying to adapt that's really it so i mean if you could talk a little bit ryan about commercial leasing space right now in toronto is there any demand do restaurants want to expand the whole concept of having a restaurant sit down of 50 to 100 people to go and join and, and have a really great dining experience can that be even entered into in the next six to 12 months? Is that a smart thing to do? Where is the opportunity for us to be able to turn this around with the opportunities right now in Toronto? Well, it, it really depends on which asset class you're talking about. So if you're talking about retail right now, unfortunately, yeah. retail has been taking a hit, right? It was already, you know, if, like, yeah, I don't want to speak to the restaurant business, but if you're succeeding in it, you, you, you definitely are doing well because a lot of people are, are are it, it has been a tough game for for a number of different retailers and, and restaurants and in that field and 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 this doesn't really help right so i think you know with with a lot of people in the retail sector they're basically waiting to see what happens right now right i think everyone's kind of like in a, on a pause mode to see when this thing's really going to bottom out and and when people can actually get back to work um from 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 an office standpoint um, there's definitely, um, you know, a lot of companies that are out there that have been leasing a lot of office space, I think, and have been thinking about adapting, uh, working from home and, and applying the technologies, uh, from, from that standpoint, it's really given them a test run to actually really test that out to see if they can still be productive 
while having, you know, most of their workforce at home, right? And it may even change the way uh, P, uh, companies and individuals decide to use space, mm-hmm. right? um, especially when you start looking at companies like shared workspaces, we work uh, a lot of with, with that type of model. So it's going to be interesting to see. We're seeing, you know, I, I've recently just wrapped up an office deal just over the last couple of weeks, right, right in the downtown core. Um, where, you know, we're seeing, you know, in some cases, some tenants are, are, are starting to explore um, their uh, force majeure clauses um, in terms of, you know, natural uh, disasters or, or, or instances where they can actually, where they can't actually use their space and seeing how that affects their lease. And, I, I, you know, it's going to be interesting just to see how things uh, 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 change but things are definitely changing in the commercial uh way in terms of the way people are going to be using space and and also how investors invest in space at the same time too it's just going to be interesting to see how things play out yeah so i mean just to focus back on our main focus tonight is the opportunities in this changing environment and i see a commonality of adapting so in terms of retail and restaurant and um, that type of space uh, is right now from an investor's perspective is right now a good time to be going in and buying existing restaurants that are being crushed under the current pressures of the current market junior. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to just, I'm just posing this right, right now as an opportunity from an investor's point of view, I got a quarter million dollars cash in the bank. How do I deploy it? What are some opportunities that I can leverage and take advantage of in the current opportunity? Should I be looking at current restaurants that can't cope, but they're in really fantastic locations? You also mentioned moving, how we're looking at deliveries at home. Should I be looking at investing in an organization that has mobile deliveries. And then Ryan, you had mentioned in terms of adaptability of office spaces and we work and work at home situations. Should I be looking at something that's a little bit more flexible space, like a WeWork style where it's a whole building completely flexible to how you dine, how you have your employees come in to work, how you have um, uh, storage and data services, like because right now shopping at home and data services are really key business right now, Amazon is crushing that side of things. Where is I as an investor can be deploying capital right now to be able to make money? And then after you guys talk about that, I'd love to have Ricky jump in because Ricky is doing something in the US and the whole cross-border thing and the whole kind of shopping thing in the States, a tremendous opportunity. So go for it. Talk to me. So, I mean, Randy, so it's a, it's a multi-step answer to this, right? So I think the first uh, answer would be um, right now is not the best idea for someone to buy a restaurant just to operate as a restaurant as is. But here's where it comes interesting. So now you have a lot of places in really good locations, and what they do is they tend to most of the time they tend to be places that are niche oriented. So you know they have um, they take on a Japanese uh, style cuisine and and they go deep in it right so those kind of places right now are probably the first to shut down uh, you know I, I hope that doesn't happen but that's probably the reality of it uh, just because there wouldn't be many niche clientele to market so how, now what do you do with this so now you have great locations you can always take those locations in for a lot cheaper leveraging 
this market, leveraging this this slaughterhouse that's going on here. Um, second is, I mean, like just so that I could, just so that I can interpret what you're saying there, Junior. I mean, we're all businessmen here. Let's just talk about the opportunity here. Like this is when yeah. the fangs are coming out because these restaurants are bleeding, feeding huge yeah. amounts of cash. And you and I both know the best time to take over a space is when the current restauranter you know, defaults and there's all these leasehold improvements and kitchen equipment and all this investment in the building and they just got to leave. So what you're saying is either buy the business or get into it when they can't take over their lease, but you've taken over everything, all the leasehold improvements, you get the benefit of what they've built. That's the opportunity, right? Yes, that's the opportunity. But I mean, there, there's another step to this, right? So okay. this goes to what you were saying about, um, the delivery facility and, and whatnot, just like how I believe Ricky was saying, this is going to be the new norm. Like well, there's going to be, even after coronavirus or, uh, or whatever is, is over, what's going to happen is a lot of people are going to get used to getting food delivered. A lot of people are going to more so than before. So how do you now, how do you make money in that? Right? So uh, what's really popping right now. And I think um, Ricky in the U S can probably, uh, you know, say one or two about this is something called the ghost kitchen, a virtual kitchen. I don't know if, mm. if, um, if the other gentleman here uh, heard about that. What that is, is a place that is essentially just a kitchen. So there's no dining. And what ends up happening is they're on different platforms like Uber Eats and Foodora and Skip the Dishes and whatnot. And, but then they have multiple brands within that kitchen. So the same kitchen would, you know, be a pizza, uh, uh, a gourmet pizza joint at the same time would be a gourmet burger joint at the same time would be a, a Japanese uh, cuisine, all at the same time, but strictly focusing on delivery. Like these are things that, I mean, it was, it's already, it was a rapidly growing market. Now it's just going to grow exponentially. And that's why I think the next wave is in terms of hospitality. So the WeWork model for restaurants, instead of an office space sharing model for office space, it's a kitchen space model for restaurants. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I love that. That is such a transformational idea. So how does this help us, Ryan? How do we look for these kinds of opportunities in the current GTA market? Where is this stuff out there? Are we buying buildings to get this? Can we lease space? Are landlords willing to work with us in this type of opportunity? Well, I think landlords will be willing to work with any opportunity that's going to be beneficial to them. That's that's the first thing. But in terms of 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 capitalizing on that opportunity, I think it's just more about uncovering them. I think there's there's more opportunities that are going to pop out pop up, um, and and where where cap rates have been, you know, very low in the gta i think it may change especially with everything because like there's there's the opportunity from a business standpoint but there's also an opportunity for for an investment standpoint it's going to be very interesting how the markets play out like i think from 2008 2009 like i think everyone has been riding a very um steep climb in terms of valuations and property values that have been going up over the last 10 to 12 years and to a point where, you know, everyone has to really realize that everything works in cycles, right? I don't think people really thought it was going to work in, in this fashion, but if there is going to be, as it looks like, there's going to be a cycle change where it, it's, it's really turning from more of a, uh, uh, 
a seller's market into a buyer's market where there's opportunities that, that make sense for investors to capitalize it. So and what you're basically telling me, Ryan, is that I'm going to need an agent like you to bring me a great opportunity because you're knocking on the doors of these tenants saying, you want out? I got a guy that can take over your space and you're going to work with that landlord and try and get the new covenant, try and get the space approved for the actual new needs. That's what you bring to the table as a, as a commercial broker. Well, a no, commercial. a couple of things, because I think even tenants have options. If tenants, if tenants want to get out of their space, they should have clauses in there that allows them to sublease their space um, where mm. they can actually get off, get, get, get out of the space and still lease out their space because they're still liable for that lease. What I'm talking about from an investment standpoint is if there is a shift in the market, I think there's going to be a lot of owners out there that are going to be maybe more flexible in terms of their expectations of their valuations of their properties where it makes sense for buyers to capitalize on it. Because if the markets keep continuing to to change the way it's changing right now. It always starts in, 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 the, in the markets first, the stock market first, before it hits the credit market, before it hits real estate. Okay. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ryan. And, and I think getting access to downtown Toronto space is really, really critical. If you want density and traffic and that opportunity, and you're right, like landlords have been calling the shots. If you're not going to, if been, you're not of the top tier, like you can't get in. No, well, just, just say this way. Toronto office space, we have the lowest vacancy rate in all of North America. We've been, we have a two and a half percent vacancy rate. There's been over 10 million square feet of office space being built in the downtown core. And at the same time, we've had, you know, more tech jobs than three of the largest markets in the U.S. combined that has been coming here to Toronto and partly to do with, you know, the, the, the talent pool that we have, but also to do with some of the policies that have been in place in the U.S. that has been pushing a lot more people to come here to Canada and especially into the GTA. So there's still a huge demand for that. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, with, with people at, where it's been tighter for a lot of people to get in the market, I think there's going to be some openings. Yeah. Okay. So when you awesome. talk about, uh, I want to kind of take that statement and kind of shift everything to uh, the everyday person. So not everybody has, you know, a quarter of a million bucks. Not everybody has $60,000. So in this climate, um, and this can be anybody on the panel, is uh, some things that regular everyday people can do to, uh, to win. And I know an example is, is, uh, you know, we, there's a talk about, you know, stocks and what you're doing. And, um, you know, a, a good way, if, if you're not of someone that's into stocks, is look at the activities of, of things that we will need after. So when we go back to transportation, logistics, um, um, services, those sort of things. Um, I know Walmart just hired, what, 10,000 more people to kind of help with some of their online efforts. And I know Zoom. Um, you know, the platform that we are using, their stock kind of shot up because now all of a sudden all these people are using it. And then there's, there's stocks that are, are plummeting, but we know it's not going to be forever and it's going to come back up. So when, like, just talk to us about things that regular folk can do to, uh, to help themselves win in the, long, in the long run. Who wants to tackle that? 
Um, I mean, uh, Dwayne, uh, yeah, so there are some, so there's some stocks. I mean, that's where I would start, I, I think. Um, just because you could get in cheap, you can get in, um, you know, uh, even uh, pennies, uh, penny stocks, and uh, there's no real limit to how big you can go. Um, I, th I think there's a lot of the whole market is almost on a discount right now. I know it's been going up in the last uh, three days, uh, including today. But overall, like, for instance, there's um, oil, like uh, with this whole uh, disaster with OPEC, uh, oil just shot down. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, there's some value to it. Uh, aside from the instant value, there's still some value to it that I believe it's going so cheap. So that would be my advice on uh, where... Uh, people should look at first uh, in times like this. Yeah, well, everything's on sale, right? In the stock market. Ricky. I'm gonna jump in, j jump in here to, jump in here too on the, the stocks, uh, on opinion on stocks. I think there's gonna be a lot of opportunities for the next 18 months. Um, and here's why I say 18 months. Uh, I, I, COVID, in my opinion, is gonna be an issue until about the summer. And I also believe it's gonna be a bit of an issue next flu season. And it's going to take, you know, within now being March, a full physical year, plus some probably till about next winter for there to be confidence. So I'm anticipating uh, 2022 January is when things are going to start to really recover and confidence is going to be with consumers uh, <clears throat> and, and, and a different economy uh, also all together, but I, I really think this is going to depress the way we do business, the way we um, were the average, you know, individual is thinking it's, it is a change. It's going to take at least 18 months uh, to get acclimated to things. But, but that being said, uh, there's a lot in that 18 months, there will be a lot of opportunities to buy stocks. Um, you know, you brought up oil, oil is at an all time low and, and guess what? this is going to impact it because people are using less oil at this time. They're not on the road. Yeah. Well, you raise a good point. I mean, who is buying oil? If you, if you look at all the uh, car owners, they all want to buy green. They want to go exactly. green. Electric cars, right? Exactly. But, but there's still, uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, no, no, go ahead. Sorry. I still think sorry. there's, uh, there's um, a long time before oil really, uh, we stop using uh, or we stop relying on oil. There's much more than just cars, right? I mean, from plastic to uh, to everything, shopping bags. Like we use oil for everything, um, or crude oil, that is. So, I mean, I I do think that there is a lot of potential, a lot of potential in that market for sure. Because energy, I mean, I I, I remember one of uh, doing your last po podcast or the one before that. You guys were talking about Elon Musk and. Uh, why he's uh, prevailing. I mean, if you look at most of the markets, they're all in some sort of energy related, right? Whether it's transport or or the solar uh, city or whatever it is. Okay, so Ricky, I wanna talk about Florida. I wanna talk about US real estate. I wanna talk about the opportunity there because investing in real estate, I don't know the right time to be able to buy here in the Toronto market. I'm a, I'm a bit of a bear right now. I don't see real estate shooting up anytime soon. I don't see a whole bunch of buyers jumping in to want to buy. Everyone's looking for a deal. What's going on in, in Florida and what's the opportunity for us as Canadians? Okay. 
Well, I want to touch actually before I touch a bit on Florida on my opinion on on the next eighteen months, which is oh. revolving to Toronto and Florida. I think in the Toronto uh, and just some real estate in itself, there is going to be restructuring, and the restructuring is going to be from um, uh, as Ju I think as Junior mentioned, uh, virtual kitchens. Um, it, it's going to be a lot of downsizing. A lot of individuals are going to, this is like a, you know, it, it was, what came upon us is like almost a test, like to test individuals to work at home, that companies that maybe never really wanted their employees to work at home, now it's like a test and if it worked well, they'll implement it because they'll save on office space. But I think with, for example, Toronto having um, land shortage and housing shortage, you're going to see the opportunities going to be in highest and best use of real estate. I think in, in Toronto, um, a lot of plazas, I think uh, uh, old dilapidated plazas, East York and whatnot, you're going to see them bulldoze and condos going up or office, uh, you know, virtual office four four or five uh, story building uh, kind of going up uh, a commercial that, that has a bit of virtual office and, uh, and retail. I think that's where we're heading. Um, in the Toronto market. Now, uh, I just wanted to give my opinion on that. Now, as for Florida and opportunities, um, Florida is, is, there is definitely going to be opportunities um, and there's gonna be some immediate opportunities. Um, right now with about a million and a half snowbirds just getting sent back, they're gonna look at the inconvenience. A lot of these older snowbirds uh, 75, 76, there's, there's an inconvenience factor for Canadian snowbirds, which is the, the healthcare uh, aspect of it that uh, you'll have to have travel insurance, but uh, even with travel insurance, there's a lot of uh, issues with, for example, something like this COVID scare. And uh, you're going to find- well, How are they going to get on their plane to get to their property in well, Florida? Exactly. And, and this is also putting fear into them they, they, that- you know, getting to their property in Florida or even an epidemic like this, uh, if it happens again, the, the healthcare is not dependable for snowbirds in the United States, uh, especially life-saving support. So they're just going to end up listing their properties. And uh, I, I also don't only think Canadians are, but a lot of Northerners, this is a luxury, uh, usually secondary properties for um, a lot of snowbirds in, in, in Florida. And, uh, you're going to see a glut of, of uh, inventory hitting, hitting the market. Um, well, all the attraction of what's going into Florida, right? I mean, people go to Florida to visit Disney, Universal, enjoy that lifestyle. Now with this whole scare of coronavirus, do you see people wanting to get into these crowded parks again? Like, what's going to happen with tourism in Florida now? Look, I believe this is like every decade. We always go through something. Um, I just think... Uh, you know, besides 2008, especially for uh, Canadians, we haven't occurred a much in our culture that that, that brings us fear. Uh, but just to show you what, like the United States, there's always some sort of event, like um, the Boston Marathon bombing, for example. They always have tragedy in the United States or issues, but Americans tend to forgive and forget very quickly. Mm. Uh, move on with normal life and uh, if 
if this blows over, you know, as I said, give it 18 months. Um, the theme parks are going to be filled again. Um, you know, we do what we, uh, you know, theme parks attract children. And, uh, you know, uh, when you love your family and the kids are like, look, uh, we want to go to Disney. We want to go to Universal Studios. I mean, we're bound to forgive and forget. So what you're saying is that from an investor's point of view, if I had some money, now is a good time to be waiting to pick up those deals in Florida yeah. because yeah. in about 18 months, it'll go right back to where it was. Yeah. I mean, it's going to go back. In 18 months, you know, my prediction is it's going to take 18 months for, for consumer confidence to maybe, you know, get up. But we've got 18 months of bleeding. That, that, that's my opinion. When I say bleeding, that's a negative term. We've got 18 months of opportunity. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about downtown Toronto. I mean, this is in our backyard. Toronto has been the fastest growing, hottest real estate market from an office standpoint, retail standpoint, restaurant standpoint, condominium standpoint for the last year. And there's a lot of variables that Ryan spoke about. He spoke about how we're such an environment for tech workers because what's been going on in the States, they've all been coming to Canada. And, and, and in terms of tech jobs, I believe we're the we were the fastest growing city for tech jobs in North America. We even went past Silicon Valley and San Francisco and all those areas because we were the hotspot. Now with coronavirus being here, is that going to cool things off? Or do you think it's just a short-term issue, Ryan? I think tech jobs are... Hey, Ryan, you're out. I think we may have a technical issue with Ryan's mic. Well, now's probably a good time uh, to everyone to take a little bio break. We're going we're gonna to take a break now anyway and uh, just pay some bills. And um, we'll be back in two, well, not two seconds, but uh, we'll be back and we'll just finish off this chat because I know these, this is a timely conversation and an important conversation. So um, let's just take a quick break and we'll be right back. Boom. Break.